Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Class Podcast. This podcast is a recording of our weekly Sunday School Class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. But before you listen further, you may want to go to teachings.jim314.com and download the student and or teacher handouts so you can follow along visually and take some notes. Thanks for listening. Come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. We'll start this morning with our memory verses like we do each week. So there's John 3, 5, 6, 7, and 8. So if you know any part of any of that, then now is the time to engage. Oh, we got one over here. Yep. You got Miss Darla. Up, oh, Sean. That's three. I got three. I had one, sta- I had one right before uh, Sunday school, too. So this is a good day. All right. Cool. Would you like to start us off this morning? Excellent. I'll do the fun King James version. Okay. Uh, so John 3, 5 through 8. You're going to do all four? Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Jesus <laughs> answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, and canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Bam! Listeth. Listeth. The word listeth. Was that awesome? Was that awesome or what? Yes, ma'am. We're next. That's all right. She said it with verve, too, right? That was pretty cool. Okay. Okay. So kind just calm down. So is everyone. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Born of the spirit. You got it. Awesome. Good job. Oh, you even said the oh I've got to stop you. So you even said the reference first. And I bet you're gonna say it at the end too, aren't you? Okay. Jesus answered very rarely I said to thee, said if you be born of water and of the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Um, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Right. Not that I said of thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell when it cometh, and whether it goeth, and so is everyone that's born of the spirit. Bam! Yeah. Awesome. Well done. Excellent, excellent, excellent. This table's rocking over here, right? <laughs> right Rachel brought the all star team over here today. <laughs> Miss Darla? Yes. 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 That's right. Awesome. Thank you, Miss Darling. Boom. Sean, do you have it? He's leaving. He. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Who's got it too? Carrie, you got it. You had some part of it, right? 
Oh, no, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, what's really asking to you, what must be the difference Yes. To enter the kingdom of God. That's awesome. Here, right? Good. You got it? Do not. You going to keep going? Do not marvel. Awesome. You got the last verse too? The last one's the tricky one, I think. The last one theologically is also the hardest one. Yes? All right, cool. We got three. Excellent. Anybody else? As I trip over myself this morning. Anybody else? Going once. Going twice. When Sean comes back in, we'll do Sean too. So, Awesome. So let's start this morning, since we have several visitors, a couple things about the handout that is in front of you on the table. So where you see highlighted verses is what we will be looking up. All the other verses uh, that are in blue are for you to go and to study and look up on your own. Uh, but we will start in Romans 8, 28, 29, and 30. So if you got that. Then somebody turn there for me, and we will get going this morning. All right, Romans 8, 28, 29, 30, who's got it? Tim, you got it? He's still typing. He's trusting that the phone is going to deliver for him, and it did. Excellent. All right, let's go. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. So we've got the called, right? Keep going. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined. So we've got foreknowledge and predestination. Okay, let's keep going. To become conformed to the image of His Son. So we're going to look like Jesus. Okay, keep going. So that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. And, the, and these whom He predestined, He also called. And these whom He called, He also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Excellent. Thank you, sir. So the scripture lays out this, um, this sequence of events in the life of a Christian. And since the scripture lays out a sequence of events, that's what we're studying right now, is the uh, application of redemption. So we're in Wayne Grudem's uh, big, thick introduction to systematic theology book. We're about 700-ish pages in or so far. Uh, and this is week 35. So we're looking at conversion. And the two elements of conversion are faith and repentance. So if you look at the handout and you see those numbered elements there, 0 through 10, this is kind of the, the framework that we're going to be operating in. So we talked about common grace the first week, and Grudem talked about common grace as anything that doesn't look like the burning fires of hell. So if you look around and you see something that doesn't look like the burning fires of hell, this is really good. This is common grace. What, what did you say about the breakfast this morning? Common grace, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so something that we get to enjoy that does not involve instantaneous judgment for our sin, period. So this is a good thing. This is extended to all. Uh, then there's election. This is God choosing those who will be saved. There is calling. This is both the, the draw of God himself and then the gospel presentation. There's regeneration where we are uh, made new. There is conversion. That is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, justification, the, the righteous declaration, adoption, where we are part of God's family, sanctification, this is part of what uh, Tim read, the becoming like Jesus Christ, perseverance, this is the sustaining in our relationship with Christ. The death is part of the Christian life, and then glorification, where we are with Christ forever. So let's look at the first definition here of conversion. So conversion is our willing response. If you are a blank filler, that's your first blank. 
Conversion is our willing response to the gospel call in which we sincerely repent of sins and place our trust in Christ for salvation. And, and this word conversion itself literally means turning. It is, we are turning. So I want to illustrate this kind of as we go through today. So I need a Jesus volunteer and I need a sin volunteer. So who wants to be Jesus and who wants to be sin? Uh, sin, you got sin over here and you got you, Jesus. If you have to, all right, we'll be Jesus. That's great. Okay. I'm better at that role. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why we need Jesus, right? Yeah, thank you. You, you said, all right, you, you can't be on the same side. No, no, no. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you're sin, right? Okay, so we start out, we start out like this. Would we agree? I'm going to echo this way. Yes. I love my sin. Oh, my sin is wonderful. This is what I want. And Jesus is over here going... I'm better, I'm better, I'm better. So, so here, is, here is conversion. Conversion is I am turning away from sin and turning to Christ. That is literally, I am converting a different orientation. Now, tell me which one I did first. Do I start turning toward Christ or turning away from sin? Or is it just kind of, it's one fluid action, right? And, and that's the way Grudem presents this, is that it, it is not a, hmm, I must make a mental decision to turn away from my sin. And then, sequentially, I will next turn toward... No, no, no. If you turn away from sin, we are turning to Christ. And if you turn to Christ, then you are turning away from sin. This is one thing. We will talk about it as two parts because talking about it as one part is a lot to try to comprehend. So... Theologically, the reason Grudem has a 1,200-page book is he breaks all of these things down to their smallest component and then talks about that. And then we build those things back together so that we have a good perspective on the whole. Thank you, Sin. Thank you, Jesus. I appreciate that. Um, so it means turning. Now, the turning from sin, what's that called? Repentance, absolutely. Repentance. And the turning to Christ is called faith. This is faith. Which is why in the title of your handout it says conversion, parentheses, faith, and repentance. And, and it really, it does not matter what order that we discuss them. It, it, it really doesn't because it's, they happen simultaneously. So let's talk about a couple things on what uh, faith is and then we'll look at repentance. All right, so let's go to James 2.19. Who's got James 2.19? Yes. Who believes? The devils. So what do the devils believe? That there's one God. Is that true doctrinally? Oh, come on now. Is that true doctrinally? Yes, it's true doctrinally. There is one God. So do the devils have good doctrine in that statement? Does that make you a little nervous saying that? He's like, it feels like you're setting me up here. I'm not setting you up at all. I'm just saying knowledge alone is not enough. Right? Knowledge alone is not enough. So we all probably know people who know some fact about something theological who have chosen not to follow after Christ. It's because knowledge alone is not enough. It's not the way this works. All right, so what, what do we need then? Let's look at John 3, 2. So John chapter 3 is the story of who? 
Nicodemus, right? And we keep going back to Nicodemus because there is so much really good truth in that short little story. And what did Nicodemus believe? Let's look at John 3, 2. Yeah. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. So, so he knew that Jesus was from God, and, and he was okay with that even, right? He, he was declaring that you, you are, yep, I'm with you. Is Nicodemus a believer in John 3, 2? No, not at all. He is not, and how do we know he's not a believer? Well, that, he calls him teacher, but Jesus is pursuing still, right? We get to John 3, 16 because Nicodemus is still a pagan in 3, 2. So he is a pagan, and the pagan says, I believe that you are from God. Ooh. So, so your next blank. Knowledge and approval are not enough. Knowledge and approval are not enough. You're going, well, hang on now. What, what do we need? I'm glad you asked. Great question. John 3.16. This is next week's memory verse, by the way. So I will have to purchase everything that Lifeway owns to have enough uh, gifts for that next week, which is great. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So John 3.16. You got it? Stop. Whosoever believes what? In him. In him. That's your blank. In. In him. Now, the interesting thing here is this is really complicated Greek, which I think a lot of it's really complicated because they have tenses that have six words in a row, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is amazingly difficult stuff. In him. Did I skip a blank? Yes. What did I skip? Oh, yeah, because I hadn't really got to. I, so, so sometimes you have to talk about the details of a point before I'm ready to say the point, so I'm coming back to it. Don't worry. I'm coming back to it. All right. Oh, but did I break it across pages? Oh, the OCD formatting person part of me just broke at that point. That was, so I apologize for that. All right, so, so Grudem talks about uh, the world's greatest living expert on uh, original Greek manuscripts. He went and spent two summers with this guy in England. He's like, yeah, because that's what you do when you're Wayne Grudem, right? That's, you just go hang out with Greek experts. And, and they had uh, several day-long conversations about John 3.16. Like, I, I got a feeling after five minutes I'm probably going to be lost, right? You have multi-day conversations about one verse. Okay, this is probably pretty dense stuff. But, and the conclusion they came to was that this can also be translated, believe into him. So it, it can be a positional statement as well as a, I believe in you, but I'm, I'm putting my faith into a person. It is not just an idea. It is very personal. The faith, as well as me personally accepting, and that's your blank, is I must decide to depend on Jesus to save me personally. See, there, there's a component of, uh, of I don't use the phrase bidirectional, but it kind of is. So I must believe something to be true, and I must bring that back to me personally. The gospel cannot stay at arm's length. It is not a knowledge that we keep at arm's length. It is a knowledge that we bring and we personalize. 
It must be personal. If the gospel is not personal, then you do not have the gospel. You have facts. You have a Wikipedia article. Okay? But the gospel must be made personal. So let's look at a couple other things here. Um, Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. So has anybody been married uh, more than 20 years? Maybe married more than 20 years? 30 years? More than 30 years? That's really cool. 40 years? Really? That is awesome. I, I will not go further, okay? I will say thank you for your faithfulness to each other. That is fantastic. And the question I have for all three of you, which three couples over, that's, do y'all realize how cool this is, right? Yeah. Um, and they all sit on the left-hand side of the room, so maybe that says something. I don't know. Um, so, so do you know your spouse better today than the day that you were madly in love and when you said, I do? You, you, you probably know shockingly more about them today, right? Thinking you were like, oh, this is wonderful and some things that are not, but that's okay. But you know considerably more, right? Why do you know more? So I'll, I'll give you a tip. When I reach for my water bottle... This is when I'm going to stop talking, and this is when the audience starts. So why do you know more? So, so there's an element of knowledge that increases the more time you spend with somebody. Yeah, that's what Romans 10, 17 says. So what, what's Romans 10, 17 say? Yeah, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. This idea that the more I hear the more I know, and the deeper that relationship is going to get, right? Now, so we've been married 15 years? Yes. <laughs> that means I can do math, which is good for a math major. <coughs> do you know me better than we, you did the day we got married? Yes. Is everything better? <laughs> this, is a, this is a man confident in his wife's response. Please help me out here. <laughs> No, everything's not. Does everything you know about me, that, that, does the additional information you have learned about me, is it all positive? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Those of you listening at home on the podcast, she wrinkled her nose and shook her head vigorously. Yes. No, of course not, right? And, and I can't say the same for you because you're perfect, so that's just the way that is. <clears throat> what am I saying? Yeah, I can. All right. <laughs> This is the beautiful thing about a relationship with Christ. Because all of our human earthly relationships, the more we know, the, the, the sweeter it becomes in that level of commitment, in that level of love. But you will always be learning about new sin that the, the other person has. Right? It, right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm going to sin in new and creative and, and ungodly and unrighteous ways for the rest of our marriage. And I, I'm sorry for that. But the more I learn about my Jesus, the better and the sweeter it gets every time, all the time. So it's the one relationship that we can go into that will only, always, forever get better. Because tomorrow is always better for the believer. Always. Every single day. So that's point number four. Faith should increase as our knowledge increases. All right, so let's, that's the, the faith part, right? So let's talk about the repentance part. So Grudem's definition for repentance, and there's a lot of blanks here because I think I want to talk about all three of them. So 
Repentance is a heartfelt sorrow, S-O-R-R-O-W, sorrow. Now, that's an old school word, right? So sorrow is not happy. Sorrow is sadness. It's a sorrow for sin, a renouncing of it. Renouncing, R-E-N-O-U-N-C-I-N-G. So if I renounce something, what am I saying about it? Get behind me, right? This is, this is a no. So when I, when I put a ring on your finger, who did I renounce? Everybody else, right? All the single ladies. <laughs> did you say that? Oh, you said it? Oh. I actually, I thought it was you. And I was like, that is the greatest response ever. I am so thrilled. So thank you so much for allowing me to have that wonderful moment. All the single ladies, that was good, yes. And, and I would go as far as to say, all the married ladies too, yes. Everything else is what I have renounced. It's, I'm with you, period. No comma, no ands, no conditional state. I'm with her, okay? So a heartfelt sorrow for sin. So I am sorry and sorrowful for my sin. I am renouncing that sin, and I'm making a sincere commitment to forsake it and walk in obedience to Christ. Now, I will be the first to tell you, at the moment of conversion, you know and we know and we all know that our level of understanding of that is almost nothing. What we are doing is we are saying, I need Jesus and I am running over here. And sometimes, for some of our conversion experiences, it's, oh my goodness, I'm just now realizing the implications of what this sin will do now and forever, I need Christ. I'm gonna say that'll work. And I'm gonna say that the more we learn about Christ, the more we understand how sorry and sorrowful we can be and should be about our sin and how we understand that every single day we are going to have to repent. Every single day I've got to make a conscious effort to turn this direction and not this direction. And I, I, had, I, I said this this way one time and I had somebody come up after and say, it's not an everyday thing, it's an every moment thing. It's in every single moment, I'm going this way. Thank you, Lord, for helping me go this way. I'm going this way. I'm going this way. And it's putting this old life behind me and walking in newness of life because this way is new and this way is old. So 2 Corinthians 7, 9 and 10. 2 Corinthians 7, 9 and 10. You got it? Ms. Michelle, yes? Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. Yes. So have you ever met somebody that was just sorry, but they didn't change? All right, let's make this personal. Have you ever been the person that was sorry and didn't change? I'm going to raise both my hands here. Yeah. Because I, I want what I want right now because I want it. Right? And, and, and if I need to pretend like I'm sorry in front of you to get what I want, then, yeah, maybe I'll pretend like I'm sorry. That is not repentance. That is hypocrisy. 
That is, putting on a mask of sorrowfulness to pretend to get what we want. Sorrowfulness, godly sorrow, results in a turning, a changing, a repentance, a putting behind so that there's a better relationship ahead. Does this make sense? This is a phenomenal verse for your children to learn early in life that just saying the words, I'm sorry, without an actual change in life, that doesn't count. Don't give them a check or two points or whatever for that. That's not it. But we also get an opportunity to model this. And when I say I'm sorry to my wife, that there needs to be some change in my behavior. And if there's not, then I'm being a hypocrite in front of my children. That's the way this works. So let's look at uh, Acts 20. 21. So I want to make, I'm going to go back for just a second. Does this make sense, this idea that this is one fluid motion, this turning from and turning to, that this is just all kind of one? Okay, all right, just want to make sure. So Acts 20, 21, what do we got there? Who's got it? Who's writing here? Well, a, a wrong question. I know who's writing. Luke's writing. Who's speaking here? Paul. Paul is speaking here. And he starts this by saying, I've, got one, I've had one message. So he, he is going to summarize his teaching. That's kind of cool, right? So Cliff Notes version of Paul. He never does this, by the way. <laughs> He's the king of the comma. And the run-on sentence and the compound sentence that cannot be diagrammed. I know, I'm, you are the, probably the only person, literally, probably the only person in the room that can diagram some of his sentences with your English background. So, all right. I've had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus. Mic drop. That's it. If you want a one-verse summary of what we are to be about and spreading... Can you read it again for me? It's so good. I've had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and, ha and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. Beautiful. It's like my whole lesson right there. <laughs> That's the central verse. Okay. So there are a lot of verses that, that John 3.16, Acts 16.31, Romans 10.9, Ephesians 2.8-9 that talk about the faith component of the repentance and faith. And there's a lot of verses that talk about just repentance. The Luke 24, Acts 2, 3, 5, 17, Romans 2, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 7, 10, uh, <clears throat> Luke 18, Luke, no, I shouldn't have done that. that was, I'll have to delete that off the podcast. Uh, so let me, let me stop and address that real quick. Uh, I am not throwing rocks at anybody for mispronouncing a scripture reference. Okay? We, however, should be highly offended when the scripture itself is contorted for any other message than spreading the gospel. So when that happens, we should object. When somebody says something that you mispronounce, you mispronounce a word in scripture. Okay? We, we are, in the next couple of weeks, we're going through the Bible uh, chronologically. In the next few weeks, we're going to hit the genealogies of the Old Testament. Yes. I humbly and vocally profess I am going to radically, I'm going to have to apologize to a lot of people when you get to heaven, right? Because it's like, I, 
I am so thankful that you're here, and I have no clue how to pronounce your name. Could we spend a couple years just rehearsing that and just getting that right, and so we can talk to each other and it's not awkward when we meet on the corner? That'd be great, you know? Um, but don't, don't, don't throw rocks for people mispronouncing uh, things, but let's handle the scripture itself very, very carefully. Very, very carefully. That, that's, this is our treasure. This is our love letter from our Savior. Let's make sure we, 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 we talk appropriately about it. Um, so when Jesus confronts people in the New Testament with the message of the gospel, does he primarily talk about the faith component or the repentance component? Don't you think for a second? The repentance, absolutely. It's, it's about the repentance because he is incredibly gifted, like supreme, uh, supernaturally gifted, at putting his finger on the thing that is holding somebody up. Now, I'm going to give you something fun to do this afternoon. Some of you have seen this before, but there is a video on the internet. The title of the video is Not About the Nail. Some of you have seen this before. It is a phenomenal video, and, we, and it, it's, it's actually the link is there in your notes, bit.ly uh, slash not about the nail. Did I put that in? Please tell me. Okay, good. Um, absolutely hilarious. And as you're watching that, it's supposed to be a, a, a video about communication in a relationship, but as you're watching that, what I want you to think about is spreading the gospel and sharing a message of, of repentance and faith with somebody who wants to focus on something else. Yeah, but, you know, where did Cain get his wife? I want to know this. What happens to the people in Africa who have not heard the gospel? I want to know this. Uh, wonderful. I, I kind of do too, but I'm concerned that you're going to hell. So I'm going to focus on the nail that's sticking out of your forehead. That's what we're going to focus on because that is your biggest issue right now. We will address and handle all these other things. If the Holy Spirit allows us to understand, that is wonderful. If he doesn't, I will be thankful that he has allowed us to understand what he has allowed us to understand. But there is a nail sticking out of your forehead, and it is impacting all parts of your life, and that is why you are hurting. Does this make sense? But for those of you that have not seen the video, you're going, why are we talking about a nail? You'll get it when you see the video, all right? You'll get it when you see the video. Okay, so there's that. So see both faith and repentance continue throughout life. Now, I have gone to, uh, grew up in Independent Baptist Church, uh, went to a uh, Yankee version of an Independent Baptist Church, um, went to non-denominational college, um, and now I'm a member of a Southern Baptist church. So I've had a lot of very conservative-leaning theology in my life and in my history. Uh, and, and my general perspective is that we as Baptists tend to focus a tremendous amount on the moment of salvation and not nearly as much about all the days thereafter. We spend a tremendous amount of time on that and... And I'm not saying that's not important. This is, if you don't get that, you don't have the days after. You've got to do this. In no way, shape, or form downplaying this. And there's this whole eternity after. And we've got to be answering questions about this. And we skip this type of thing sometimes. So go to Revelation 3.19. And we'll look and see how repentance and faith are part 
of our life. It's ingrained in us. It's part of our life. I almost never call out somebody that's new, but you have a spectacular beard. I have to say that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. We welcome both of you. That's awesome. All right. That was just distracting to me. It's like the nail. All right. Revelation 3.19. You got it, Dave? So who is speaking here? That's Jesus again. Yeah, we keep going. So I've told you guys over and over and over, we're going to talk about two things in this class. We're going to talk about the Bible, and we're going to talk about Jesus. And when Jesus talks in the Bible, we're really going to talk about that. So, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. And he is writing to a church, right? That depending upon your interpretation of... uh, those things, it, it may be just that church, it may be all of us. I, I would consider that this is to all of us because we need to repent. Jesus is calling us out to repent. These are people who are members of a church, who are participants in church, who are saved, who are believers. He's calling us to repent. So guess what we should do? Wow, y'all are so distracted. Guess what we should do? Woo! Yes, we should repent. Absolutely. Galatians 2.20. What does Galatians 2.20 say? I love Galatians. Galatians is so wonderful. We went verse by verse through Galatians, and sometimes I just miss it, and I'll just go back and I read my notes. Like, this is just so wonderful. And then I get distracted and think, we went verse by verse through Colossians too, and that was awesome too. And I think about, maybe I'll get to teach for the next 40 years. How many more books can we get to go through? I don't know, but I'm pumped. Galatians 2.20. Is it 2.20 in your notes? Yes, okay. Yes, we got it? You have a phenomenally gifted reading speed. That is awesome. I I want you to cut it by a third. Does that work? Awesome. I am crucified with Christ. Yes. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Right. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith. Live by the what? Faith. By the faith. I live by the faith. Jesus calls us to repent, and Paul tells us we live this life by faith. We are called to repentance and to faith, not just the day that we got saved, but every day thereafter. Isn't that awesome? This doesn't stop. There is a real sense in which our conversion is an instantaneous act. We talked about regeneration last week, this instantaneous act where we are born again. One time, born again. It's a beautiful thing. Conversion, instantaneous act where we are converted Please read 21. I do not set aside the grace, the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Amen. Thank you. Don't let me skip the good stuff. Conversion. One fluid act of letting go of that thing that I love, but it is literally killing me and damning my soul to an eternal hell. I am turning away, letting go of that, and turning and embracing Jesus Christ. That's conversion. It's not just head knowledge. It's making it personal. Find somebody. Explain this to them. Love them enough to care. All right? So, thank you for coming to Sunday School today. 
I love this stuff. I hope you like it, at least, maybe, sort of. I don't know. You keep coming, so I guess you like it. That's good. Um, so at the middle of your table, there's a page that says Weekly Update. So if you will take a second as a table and write down any prayer requests, there's a section for prayer requests that we just want to pray for this week, and then a section for ongoing prayer requests that you want included on the list for the following week and beyond. Uh, take a second and look at the things that we have listed in that ongoing to make sure that if there's an update or a change or something that needs to be removed, that we can do that and stay relevant. There's many of us that pray for these every single day. Uh, so we want to make sure we're uh, praying the best prayers that we can. And then at the bottom of that in the attendance section, uh, make sure that the name of every person who was here today is in that section because everybody matters. <laughs> and we love it when everybody's here. So thank you for coming to Sunday School today. Music